This is Josh Mills. This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you along with us for a wonderful wine week. Woohoo! Yes, wine. <laughs> and we are heading it's to not the, just plain wine, Josh. It's not just plain wine. We are heading to the island of Sicily for this week, and we're doing Sicilian wines. Dad, what are you doing for your wine and pairings? You know, it's amazing. I got on the airplane, got on the Delta One, flew all the way over to Sicily. Well, you know, and then got my wine. <laughs> Didn't get the one I asked for. Remember the one I was telling you about? Uh-huh. I couldn't find it there either. It was special, I guess. It was on the island of Itzia. That's <laughs> where I found it. Yeah. I, I doubt, <laughs> anyway, it, I doubt my, it comes very far off Itzia. My, my wine today is Barbazella, and it's a uh, Rosa. So I've got the red wine today. And for my pairings, you ready for my pairings? Oh, yeah. Okay. So everything I did today was like connected to Sicily in one way or another. So I did an artichoke, and it was a Sicilian, I guess that's how you say it, a Sicilian recipe. Sicilian, yeah. And so then I have, and we would call it just black ink spaghetti, but they call it Nornalia a Noro Dispelia. So that's... Same thing, the Neuralia is the black ink, because it says Noro is black, and it's spaghetti. So then the other thing, okay, and I changed this up a little bit. So when I was Googling what foods to find, not in the top 10, but in like the top 20 is octopus. Yep. Okay, so I had, I've had i had octopus in several different places. I lucked out and found it, guess where? Kroger. Walgreens. Oh, Walgreens. Uh, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> okay. I mean, Walgreens. just about the same, but I'll, I'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> and then I added to it, there was all this recipe, but I cut to the chase. I got a seaweed salad because I figured that was really a good way to do it. Just lay it out on the seaweed salad. So, all right. That's, that's a long story of my pairings. I don't <laughs> have much else to say. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I have a wine from a winery we've had on before called Luna Gaia. I have the Grio, which is a white wine. And then as my pairings, I have some speck. I have some Borzin cheese. I have some strawberry goat cheese. And then I have a limoncello and pistachio gelato from a local oh, man. gelateria here. Oh, so okay. Where'd you get it? At Zaza's. Okay. So yeah. uh, we better hurry up and get we into this. better hurry up and eat that. <laughs> but before we jump in, Dad, we've got to talk about the blind from last week. Yeah, we were doing liquor last week, and actually it was last week. And, um, you know, it was that yellowish color. It was really sweet. You work through it, and you, and you were working because of the sweetness. And you ended up saying rum. it was a rum. Not made from molasses, but made from the sugar of the sugar cane. So that would have made it sweeter. Right. And so I'm going to probably give you half credit, even though it was. And at one point you said, oh, no, this is, you know, this is not tequila of any kind or anything. And that was our theme last week. So I wasn't trying to cheat you, but it was like a liqueur. The tequila. <laughs> tequila. It was a tequila liqueur. So. That's right. The one I always keep in the house, and we emptied it, 
wait a minute, I emptied it later that night. Because <laughs> uh, I finally made some margarita, not that night, the second night. I didn't I didn't know I had any uh, tequila mix, but uh, I did. Well, and, and that's so, what, that's what so threw made, me off, yeah. the extra sweetness of being a liqueur. And that's I just right. totally yeah. didn't think about it. I tried to give you a hint because I said, Are you, does it smell like rum? You go, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it does. It, sm- it smelled like sweet rum. <laughs> Smelled like really sweet. Smelled like really sweet rum. So yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our wine this week. So we are we have moved to the island of Sicily, the little football that the boot is kicking, and uh, we have our so for first up is mine, and the wine is called Grio, and it is a white wine. From it's a white wine that is indigenous to Sicily. So the grape is actually one of the indigenous to Sicily. We talked about this with It's not a Marcello grape. What? What I didn't hear what you said that. Oh. What what that's why I asked what. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's not a Marcella grape, is it? Are you talking about Marsala, the fortified wine? Yeah. What's well, not that grape? Huh. So Marsala is actually not a grape. It is a process. Oh, and I thought I thought they took that I thought that was the a grape. And then they fortified it because it comes out like 20%. Right. Well, they use Brio. This, this oh, is the grape that is used. Okay. So I was half right. Yeah, you were there. I mean, you know, so yes, it is. This is the grape because it's used to make Marsala. I've had Marsala before, and there's a bottle in the house. But I thought about making chicken Marsala. Yeah. For one of the meals. One of the one of the pairings, mm-hmm. and I was going to do masala, and I thought twenty percent. Oh man, <laughs> that may not <laughs> that may not work out too well, especially because I'd be first, <laughs> and we'd be drinking on it and pouring some more. Anyway, anyway, back to you. <laughs> yeah. So this this like you said, this is the grape that is used in marsala. So a lot of people have probably had griot before, but just didn't know it. And this is from Lunagaya. Uh, if we remember back from our last Italian wine one we did, I did a Cattarato variety from these guys at Lunagaya. And My they... My Melton Johnson, I'm going Well, for go it. ahead, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit about them. Remember, they are certified biodynamic. They are, they use organic grapes and all this. And so they're very big with taking care of the land and being true to Sicily. So this is a DOP of Sicily. So this is, Griot is one of the allowed grapes in a DOP. Explain DOP. Denazionation origin protect. Okay. So a, designa- a protected designation of origin. Okay. Okay. It's the first, it's not DOCG, it's DOP. Okay. But it's not DOC. No. Okay. And DOP and DOC are... About the same. Ba- they're about they? the same. Oh, okay. There's some. There's a few little differences, but they're oh, basically okay. the same. So the gelato is limoncello, or two Sicilian things: lemons and pistachios. Well, and there's also chocolate. I don't know that if you was knew just it. from the scoop. What? Well, there it was next to the chocolate, and so it just accidentally got some chocolate. Oh, on there. they didn't wash it off. Oh, okay. Because I had, I had a pretty good amount of chocolate inside, and I was going, Ooh. maybe there's chocolate in it. I don't know. I think there's chocolate in it, Josh. Oh. Anyway, 
How does it go, Dad? Well, the pistachio goes fairly well, but the lemon jello is a knockout. Yeah, because there's... The li- yeah, the lemon jello and this wine, uh, they're made for each other. Yeah, in the flavor profile of the wine, we have, you know, we jumped straight to eating because we didn't want our, you know, our gelato to turn soupy or and it already is. There's a lot of lemon, a lot of citrus playing forward with it. And, but there's this roundness. So I think it's gone through some malolactic fermentation to give it that kind of round, kind of softer, softer edge. There's acidity here, but it's not real harsh. Okay. So, what kind of bass do they use? Do you know? Hmm? With this wine. Oh, vats. Sorry. Vats. Not um, that. <laughs> I was very confused. Not cats, not bats, not that, but that. I'm sure they probably use some French oak in it. Uh, okay. Oh, let me look up. I was, yeah, I was wondering that because I'm I'm kind of getting that flavor of French oak. I'm getting more than what I think would be a steel vat. But if they macerated the stems with it, then that, that might could have done something i don't think they use any of the stems oh i wouldn't think so either but i was getting some kind of flavor that threw me off yeah it is so it's it's destemmed you know with them being biodynamic and very hands-off you know it's hand harvested it's also they use spontaneous fermentation it has four months on the lees in a tank okay so that probably means it's stainless steel so uh-huh. That's the that's the depth that you're getting is from the leaves. So, so being on the leaves for how long you say? Four months. Four months. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's and then probably it, just enough. And then it is in bottle for two months before before it goes out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's. it's you any more of that uh, lemon jello? <laughs> I've got some lemon jello in the freezer. Should I just go get it? And we'll, we could just no, go. we don't need to pair oh. alcohol with alcohol. <laughs> oh damn it! That's right. <laughs> But yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent griot, and you know, I I I think it's really really good. It's bright. It's vibrant. It is familiar, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's very different. At the at the same time, what? Looking at it, you could say it's a chardonnay. Yeah, it it's very but, golden but in color. Yeah, but. It is not like a Chardonnay that has been an oak. There's no doubt that it's not Chardonnay. It's a beautiful wine. That that color is just fantastic. And I get some good legs on it. So I'm wondering what percentage it is of alcohol. Twelve and a half. Okay. That's that's still pretty good. That's on the low end. Hmm? That's on the lower end. I know, but it's... It's lovely. Mm-hmm. Have you had it with anything else yet? Well, you got two cheeses, right? I do. And and one is a raspberry goat cheese. Strawberry. Strawberry goat cheese. Mm-hmm. And what's the other one? Borzen. Borzen. Okay, I had the Borzen, and I need to try it. And the Borzen kind of threw me off as to what it was. Yeah, it's but garlic gotta, and herb. Yeah, I've got to try it again with the wine. Have you tried it with the wine? I haven't. I'm afraid what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. The garlic I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I don't know. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> yeah. Because that sweetness and then that 
spice of the herb. They just enhance each other to the point they're just kind of singing a song together. You know, a harmony and, and you know, a bass note, if you will, from the from the herb and cheese. And the sweetness is the high note and does really well, like you said. So, when you're saying sweetness, do you think this is a sweet wine? Okay, listeners, we've had this discussion a million times, and this is probably fermented dry, but I'll get a, a perceived sweetness. Okay. Just because of the, I guess my my palate says, oh, this is nice, kind of sweet, and then you put it with food, and it does whatever. So, is it fermented dry? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I mean, I'm... I know that, but it's, I always get sweetness with a wine like this. Just perceived. So, go into that sweetness a little bit for me. When you're tasting that sweetness, is it candy sweet? Is it fruit sweet? Is it... It's fruit sweet. Okay. What fruits are you tasting on it? Like, what sweet fruits are... Is so, that trigger? It's like... It's not the. Tr- it's not really. Well, yeah, it is. It's it's kind of like apple, kind of green apple, and maybe there's like uh, some pear. Uh, you're, I'm I'm hoping to. I'm hoping. I don't think there's any strawberry in here, but I think that strawberry cheese is going to go well because of the perceived sweetness I'm having. I don't have strawberry taste going on but i have sweetness from you know green apple and i say green apple and a green apple is not as sweet as some of the other apples yeah and then like some of the pears are not sweet either compared to you know other sweet fruits if you will right like you know like an apricot or an orange or something like that it's not sweet like that but you're getting a lot of that. And it's, fruit, on, it's very fruity. So it's very fruit. For, you're getting a lot of. It's not forward. You're getting it's a lot on of the, fruit. I'm getting it on the back end. So when I first put the wine in my mouth, mm-hmm. I don't really get the sweet. What do you get? I I get a, a, a lovely, it's not tart, but I get a lovely flavor of the wine. And then when I say, so I get some of that same flavor. But then when it's starting to go down the back of my mouth, the lower part of my palate, uh-huh. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's some sweet apple in here. Where would you rate the acidity of this wine? Oh. Like how much does that, how much does it make your mouth water? So I don't know how to rate it, but it does make it water. It makes so me like, want to drink some more. So like a really big, like a some of the, like, Sauvignon Blancs are some of the reasons that we have that are really, like, make your mouth pucker and water. That's high. Yeah, it's nothing like that. So, and then... What would be low? So, a low acidity wine would be something, like, more along the lines, well, in white wines, like Chardonnay. Or sometimes Gehertz Munich because it's a little bit broader. Or, like, Zinfandel. A lot of Zinfandels are lower, are lower in... S in acidity so because I, they're more fr- they have more fruit profile 
Well, see, it's it's somewhere in the lower middle. Okay. Lower middle. So in in what, what would in you tasting say? vernacular, we would say medium minus acid. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what would you say? I think it. I think it, you're. That's kind of about it. I, you know, it's medium. It does make my mouth water. There is some there, but you're right. It's very much. It's not as prevalent, and I think that that Lee's aging gives it that roundness and that soft kind of acidity, and that's why. So that's some of the the malolactic. For, malolactic fermentation what it is is taking lactic acid and and making it malic acid and so it's taking really tart acidity and transforming it into a softer type of acidity so no it's taking it's sorry it's the other way it's taking malic acid so malic acids are really bright harsh you and it's turning them on us here. Well, yeah it's turning <laughs> it's turning them into lactic acid which are softer Softer assets. I mean, okay. we haven't gotten nerdy in a long time. And I think this is a very nerdy wine. Okay. Um, because have you ever... I know of one store in Little Rock that has this wine. One. Okay. Now, in Northwest Arkansas, there's probably a bunch, but... <laughs> Which store is it? Olumis. Olumis? Mm-hmm. So how'd you know they had it? I know people. Oh, okay. And I know things. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> well, the guy. Uh, you know, it's like when I went to Colonia when I go, and I showed them a picture of the uh, for you, mm-hmm. the wine label, and he goes, mm, no, and and you know this guy Nick, uh huh, and he's really the main wine guy there. Others are pretty good, but he is the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick's great. He goes. He goes. Where did you get that picture? <laughs> Is that off the internet? And I said, no. I was fortunate enough to get that wine on the island of Itzia. And he goes, oh, you lucky dog. <laughs> and he says, no, we don't have that. And so then he walks me down the aisle, and it's like two bottles wide. Yep, near the bottom. Near the bottom, you know, in vernacular of the newspapers, below the fold, meaning <laughs> when you walk into a a wine rack you're looking at your eye level and maybe to your waist yeah well these were at my waist and below yeah the wine i got actually i got two plus i got the (laughs) i got the marsala too i mean i bought three (laughs) bottles oh darn i hope joanne's not listening because did you get the white as your other one no i got two reds uh mira davila yes Okay. Yeah, I almost thought about doing that, but I didn't want to do another red. Yeah, it's it's a it's a more robust red. Anyway, we're we're getting way off. We're getting way off. <laughs> no, track we're not. Now. We're doing the nerd. I'm doing the nerdy thing too. You, well, okay. So you're not going to let me. No, I'll tell you this: the discussion okay. about Nero Davila will come up with your wine. Okay, you'll um, let it come up. I will. I will bring it up. Okay, because I almost bought that bottle. Okay, um, so here's what happened with the strawberry cheese. I did. I ate it two times. Two little pieces. So the first little piece I ate, got all the sweetness from it. Okay, that strawberry. And there's some crunchy in there. And maybe there's some... There are actually pieces of strawberry in it. That's what I was going to ask you. So I got the crunchy of the strawberry itself. I got the sweetness of the strawberry. And then I tried the wine. Because I'd already taken it down. I'd already swallowed it. 
that cheese didn't didn't cover my palate to the point that couldn't really taste it that well because it already swallowed. So then what I did the second time is I put the cheese in my mouth with the wine in my mouth and they were synonymous together. That perceived sweetness of the wine and that sweetness of the strawberry like goat cheese were just working together. And now we had no bass notes. It was like soprano and maybe alto singing together. Yeah. And it was, it might just be best on plate, Josh. We might as well just cut to the chase. Really? I'm, well, I love the Irby cheese too, and I, but I hadn't got to. <laughs> hadn't got to the spec yet. No, I hadn't had the spec. So I had, so for me, with that strawberry cheese, the strawberry cheese played sweet to me. Was it too and, sweet? No, it just, it, it came across sweet. And what that did is that really showed out, like you said, kind of the higher notes of the wine, a little bit more like that Mm -hmm. lemon Mm -hmm. or uh, like like the citrus blossom, the like Granny Smith apple, kind of like you talked about. Mm -hmm. It showed more of that than kind of anything else. And like you said, it kind of lost the bottom note, that oomphiness of the wine. Okay. Which to me rounds out this wine really well. This wine is... You know, a lot of times how I'd say a wine is linear to me. Yeah. Like, it just kind of feels like it's just, everything's just in a line going through my mouth. Not that it's quick or anything or bad, but this wine to me is very rounded. It's very, to me, it tastes very rounded. It is, it's broad. That depth of, that the Lees gives it, mm-hmm. gives it is really, to me, really, really good. Yeah. And I really enjoy that about this wine in general. Yes. If Chardonnay tasted like this, I'd drink it all day. Yeah. But it doesn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would too. This, But they don't. So, <laughs> so I'll have to, maybe I'm going to have to go to the Lunas next week. <laughs> yeah, just uh, ask Jonathan. Okay. Or if Elliot's there. Yeah. yeah. Ask him. Ask him for it. It's in the back. So, uh, in the back. Okay. Yeah. All right. And th- but now, how did you choose your pairings? I, I, at the front of the podcast, I explained that I chose a Sicilian mm-hmm. food to pair with my wine. Is this, these pairs, are they from Sicily or the thought process? How did you go through it? So, I wanted to do gelato. And, All over that. I mean, so I wanted to do gelato. Just so happened that Zaza's had... Two Sicilian flavors. You know, they had the limoncello and the pistachio. Yeah. And so that's why I picked those. I don't think the lemon goes as well as this pistachio did. Pistachio and that were really, really good. Then I wanted to do goat cheese. And when I was in the store, I saw this strawberry goat cheese. I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And then I wanted to do a savory flavored goat cheese along with it. And boars it as, you know savory goat cheese Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i chose that and then i wanted to do an italian meat oh and i almost did some soppressata but i decided on this speck because speck has a little bit more of a smoky depth to it right than like prosciutto does Mm -hmm. so that was why i chose that's how like that's how i thought through it Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like stuff i wanted 
to go with it. And I was looking for some kind of some parallels that I could draw to Sicily. Well, you know, one of the things was when we were in Venice, we've not been to Sicily and it's on my list and I'm going to have to do a hard talk to Joanne about it because it's kind of hard to get to. What do you mean? Well, like you said, it's not on the main, it's not the main part of Italy. So if you fly into Milan, then you got to take another flight or a long drive to get there. There's no, there's no bridge. No. From the mainland to Sicily, mm-hmm. so you got to take a ferry or something. Mm-hmm. So that just makes it kind of hard. But anyway, when we were in Venice, and once I got my bearings, I found I found our meat guy, and I would go over there, and for our happy hours, I'd get either prosciutto or speck, or 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 some of the lovely Italian sausages, and you know by the end of the week, the guy's going. He's kind of giving me the he's kind of giving me the heads up because I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're very. I mean we I think we've talked about it before. You know, Italy's a very can be a very welcoming country. Absolutely, especially if you're not a jerk, <laughs> and you can at least try some Italian. Or if you go, walk in, it's kind of like France. If you walk in a store in France and you say bonjour, and you give them. Give them the look, and they step under. They've typically it's it's like gates. When you walk into gates, can I, can I help you, please? Yeah. When you walk into a store in France, it's like bonjour. Well, same thing in Italy. If you just walk in and say bonjour, they look at you and go, it's like hello, and they give you a look. And then, if you know enough Italian, you can ask them if they speak English. And most of them do, and then you can start your business, right? And so, you know, I think the jerks just—you know—it's not really jerky to just walk in and blab off in English. But what's jerky is to argue with them about what the price is or stuff like that. Well, now, and just you know, having the an air of superiority. And not being humble, because when you walk into a new place, you yeah, should not you should not expect them to be able to speak English. Right. You should attempt to speak their language, and that's that's a lot of the times is just attempting and trying and that being amenable to what they're doing, and also a lot of you know sometimes just learning particular restaurant culture. Mm-hmm. You know. Don't mm-hmm. be loud. Don't, you know, there are certain things that are never going to happen. Right. They're not going to drop. They're not just going to randomly drop the check. You have to ask. Right. To get the check. Be nice and just and standard. They got, you know, it's like Caribbean island time. Italy and, oh, a, lot yeah. of, and a lot of the Europeans, <laughs> they have their, you know, they have their time frame. It's just, it just takes time to bring your food to you and just, you know, what they do is. They enjoy the company, and every meal is about two hours. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean meals. And if you can't do a meal that's two hours, you don't need to be going out. <laughs> or just find. There are certain places you can go where it's a little bit quicker, but you know, sit down dinner. It take. It, it it's not about 
how fast you can do it. Like you said, it's about la bella vita, you know, the joy of life. You know, life is life is beautiful. Take your time at it. Uh, what do you think of the spec? Okay, so I love spec. That's number one. It's not something that uh, Joanne would necessarily choose, so I don't get to eat it that often. But the fatness, the fat that's on that spec, which is acid and the acid of the wine, and that fat has a little bit of sweetness, and that perception of the sweetness that I get mm-hmm. from this wine make it really lovely. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like where you how you were talking about the strawberry cheese, the strawberry goat cheese, and the wine play very high. This plays very middle. Like it's very, it's nice that smokiness adds to the depth of the lees that you don't really taste much anymore. You kind of get the idea right. of depth, but that smoke really takes over that kind of bottom piece of the wine. And it allows it allows more of the like minerality in the like that fruity that fruitiness to really kind of come through. And I'm getting a lot like a little bit more like citrus blossom okay with the speck than I am just by itself. Okay. Now are you getting some citrus blossom with the wine? Or just the spec? The pairing. The pairing itself. Which it's coming from the wine. It's not coming from the spec. Well, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not coming from the spec. And you and you got the spec at ham. No, I got this. I got the spec at Kroger. Are you kidding? The Murray Cheese area. Yeah. Kroger in the Heights. Okay. Murray Cheese area. Go around the corner. Yeah. And they have this little section of, Ita- of Murray's Italian yeah. meats. Okay. Lovely. Yeah, and yeah, I so think you can probably get it at ham. I don't know if they actually make spec. Oh, really? And yeah, I don't think they're making spec right now. Spec's a long process because it's a whole, you know, it's a whole leg. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think ham has dipped into whole leg stuff yet. Oh, okay. I think they're doing a little bit smaller, like because they do the lomo. The lomo would go well, I think, with this wine. The lomo's the Air dried and cured mm-hmm. pork tenderloin. I don't think the Bersola would go well. Okay. Uh, I think there's just a little bit too rich, too much rich richness there. Right. But you know, other things to go with this wine is seafood. Mm-hmm. Like your stuff, like that octopus would probably go well with this. We'll find out. I'm gonna say a little. <laughs> Any type of seafood, lemon pasta, those sorts of dishes are gonna go really well with this wine because it's got body and the depth to it that you want but not too much acidic now if you want something more on the acidic side yeah go for that catarata the catarata yeah. we had or the Bob there or the barbazale bianco is catarata oh okay uh so you can go for that one as well okay but this is all cool i mean i i don't really have much more to talk about That's okay. uh, that we can't talk about with your wine oh okay so. If you are ready, sir. Well, we can switch over then. Let's switch over. So remind us what your wine is and what your pairings are. Barbazalo. It's the Rosa. So it's a red wine. And my pairings. I did this Sicilian thing. So I've, I've got an artichoke that has a, I used a Sicilian recipe. 
you know, there's probably no order, okay? But you can do it any any way you want to. And then the black ink spaghetti dispelia. And then the octopus on seaweed salad. So the octopus was already pre-cooked, but I put a little olive oil on it to enhance it. And the way... Is it okay me talk about how I did the food? Sure. I'm going to start okay. drinking then. Okay, we'll start drinking because it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful red rosé kind of looking. Not rosé, pardon me. It's a beautiful red, deep red raspberry was what I meant to say instead of rosé looking wine. I love this wine. Okay, there we have it. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I mean, I've had it before tonight. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. This probably my Go first ahead. time. <laughs> but anyway, the way the way I did the artichoke, and, I, and it's a Sicilian recipe, and it was a lot of work. Artichoke is a lot of work, and it, the reason I wanted to do it is because we had it in Rome, but it was done a different way. And of course, in Sicily, they they do artichokes. And I think maybe they can get artichoke year-round. And grow them. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. So I think they can get them year-round. So the way I did it is this Sicilian recipe, and you use breadcrumbs, uh, garlic, your Parmigiano cheese, salt and pepper, and you put that between the leaves. And then you... Okay, you got to do a lot of prep of cutting the stem off and cutting the very top off and getting rid of the part that you can't eat. And then you boil it in water, kind of a low heat boil, for like 15, 20 minutes. And some recipes said 45. And then this one said put it in the oven, kind of toast it and give it some, give it some different flavors. That Okay. The spaghetti, it's it's black ink spaghetti, and uh, what's the sauce on it? So the sauce is the Sicilian special sauce, which is Parmigiano cheese. It's now it says Versala, which is a unfermented red wine. Oh, and so I didn't have. <laughs> okay, here we go, listeners. I'm always having to adapt my recipe to what's in the in the cabinet i had some white wine vinegar and then i used some balsamic oh okay so i think that kind of fit the bill for that versa versla and parmesan cheese the garlic and then lemon peel and some lemon and then the octopus like i said I, yeah you talked you talked about the octopus yeah i i was lucky to find some that was cooked but I did give it some olive oil and put it on uh, a bed of seaweed. Okay. Well, you go ahead and start eating because I've been drinking this wine and I could talk and I could talk about the wine too. Okay, go for it. So this wine is so freaking delicious. First off, straight off the bat, it is bright red cherry. It is raspberry. It's got great mineral. It's got great like structure to it. There's some earthy balance there. There's a lot of like almost like an ashy quality to it that you get from like this earth idea, which is, I mean, which makes sense because, you know, this is grown up volcano. 
the largest active volcano in Europe. And it is still, it erupts at least like once or twice a year. Did you say what time it? No, I didn't. It's Mount Etna. Okay. Mount Etna. Mount Etna. On the island of Sicily. Have you seen it? You haven't been to Sicily, have you? I have. Okay. Yeah. You've seen it? Uh Uh-huh. That bad boy is pretty tall, right? It's yeah, it's the t- it's the tallest active volcano in in Europe. It's okay. big, yeah. It is. It's really cool, you know. So the name of the wine Barba, Barbazale. So uh, Barba I means is beard in Italian, and so on Mount Etna, in the agriculture area, there are these goats that roam around and you know, eat the grass and all that. Well, the Barbazale, so. Well, first of all, before we get into that, a lot of Italian wines have like a whimsical or a, they sometimes let's call it a magic name or a, like a nickname for the wine. For mine, it was Agramante. Okay. And for this one, it's Barbazale. Well, Barbazale is a call out to the beards of the goats that roam the hills. Of oh, Atlanta. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I didn't do a lot of research. Well, today, I, I've been lucky enough to be at a wine dinner where somebody from the importer oh, was, really? okay. was there, and that's where I learned the story oh, okay. cool. of Barbazale. And it's really, really good. I mean, the wine is so great. It's light. It's easy drinking. It's 13.5 alcohol. So it, it'll get you there, but it's not way up there. So do you get any sweetness? With this wine? No. Okay. <laughs> I get fruitiness. That I, so here's I, the thing. I get, I get some fruit forward sweetness. Well, and here's the thing. I've trained myself. I've trained okay. my brain to not recognize that as sweet. Because what I've, ter- what I've trained my brain to recognize as sweet is sugar. Yeah. And I, so that's why I talked about how there's just a bunch of cherry. There's a okay. bunch of cherry on the front of this. Below that raspberry as well. And that like earthy depth to it tannins are medium on this wine they're not up there but they give it some nice drying structure so the way the artichoke is done i didn't say breadcrumbs but i meant to and if mm. i did already i said okay yeah, you did so the garlic and the cheese and the breadcrumbs and then the that sweetness of the artichoke and this wine are really good I know you probably won't try it. No, I tried a little bit of the filling, yeah. So, listeners, I, I don't know how many of you eat artichoke. I keep wanting to say avocado. <laughs> but artichoke, there's kind of this art to eating it. You know, you take, there's certain leaves you don't eat. There's a, there's a part that you don't eat in the very middle. But anyway, you just take the leaf, put it in your mouth, and pull out part that's good well when you do that with this you're going to get those breadcrumbs and that garlic and that uh, parmigiano cheese by the way he imported that cheese in a suitcase (laughs) and why are you telling people i don't know but i hope the feds aren't listening but anyway um (laughs) i just want to say if you get arrested for that i will pay your bond (laughs) okay but i just want to say that is the best Parmigiano cheese I've ever had. Oh. Except when we were over there, we had some really good ones. And it just, this wine just goes so well with it. Yeah. This wine I'm, is I'm, I'm just elated 
and surprised how well this wine goes with that. Yeah. Because I, and I tasted, have you tasted the spaghetti? Uh, not yet. Well, I, I just assumed that the spaghetti was going to be the hit. It's really good. It's not as good as that black pasta that you made, but it's really good. It goes well with the wine, but right now, the artichoke is number one. Okay. Now, do you know the grapes on this? And I'm going to struggle with the with the names. I remember one of them. I can't remember the second half of this. Well, they're one. both Nurello. Yeah, so one is Nurello Mascalese. That's the majority. That's 90%. Mm-hmm. And then Nurello Capicula. Capicola. Okay. And it's only 10 Okay. So both indigenous grapes to Sicily. Sicily, yeah. Norello Mascalese. Somebody one I heard somebody once describe Norello Mascalese as if Pinot Noir and Nebbiolo had a baby on Mount Etna. Because <laughs> if you think well, about like the profile that we've been talking about, well, I'm laughing because when I was talking to Nick about the the two red wines, and we were talking about this one. I said, well, this is like a Pinot Noir, and he laughed real big, and he said, yeah, that's a baby of Mount Edna. Yeah. <laughs> he knew the story. Yeah. And then w- when we looked at the other one, I said, well, that's a cab, and he said, well, yeah, kind of a cab for Mount Edna. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is DOC, so it's it's got that pedicure, if you will, and one of the things I saw was there was a picture of like six different women and it said these women pick pick the grape so do you know the story go for it so there is a superstition uh-huh. on the island of sicily that it's bad only the women only the women can pick grape it is bad luck and Terrible things can happen if there are men that do the harvesting and that harvest out the grape. It's like it'll bring up the wrath of Mount Ed. Yeah. So yeah. they they only have women that do the all harvest. It's all hand harvested, I believe. Yeah, that's what it said. And it just it it's it's amazing that they would have that superstition. But I guess I can get it because, you know, fear of volcanoes is real. And there's a lot of volcanoes in the world. And there's been, you know, we we went to Pompeii and saw mm-hmm. that devastation. And in, I don't know, three or four days ago's paper, they had a new chariot at a museum in Rome. And they had excavated it out from under 18 feet of ash in from Pompeii in Pompeii mm-hmm. so volcanoes are real and I think Jordan said this and I've read this if Yellowstone goes oh that's su- that super caldera goes in Yellowstone bye bye humans mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just had some of the pasta that lemon goes really well with the with the wine kind of brightens it up a little bit mm-hmm. the garlic 
garlic wasn't cooked very much, was it? Mm-hmm. So that kind of adds an extra like little zingy zing to the uh, zing to the wine. It's really good. I wanted to add more garlic, but I didn't. I think that was okay. You I think know, that was a good choice. You just, I love garlic so much <laughs> that when a recipe says one clove, I want to find the biggest clove and then add another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's really good. It's nice and balanced, like I said. I mean, for me, if I were to change anything, I'd just put cheese on it, but that's okay. <laughs> put more cheese. I would have to. But it's really good. As it is, it's really good. That, like, brininess from the from the black from the squid ink pasta comes through as well you do get some of that kind of uh salty briny quality that's really good you know on the box well it's not a box on the label of the spaghetti it was it basically said one and a half percent of the squid ink So it doesn't take much Mm -mm. to make that pasta black. So on the nose, I think you already talked about it, but I'm going to reiterate what I'm getting. I think you said cherry. Yep. But I'm getting raspberry. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, tremendous amount. Do you get some minerality with it? Uh Uh-huh. And I think that's maybe the soil that it came from. You know, this this whole island is probably volcanic soil because of Edna. It is. And so I I get that. And there's a little bit of tannins. Yeah, but not much. But not much. So I would, you know, tannin-wise, I'd say it's like medium minus or something. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes tannins can just kind of interfere with the wine. When they're so high. But you love Barolo. I know it. (laughs) I said sometimes can interfere. (laughs) So the average age of these vines is like 15 years. They're at 720 meters. Uh, What is that? That's uh, 720 meters. That's about uh, 2,500 feet. And as we said, the, the soil is lava, alluvial and lava clay. And it's like 7,500 hectares. Yeah, that's really pretty big. That is. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good size. It's a it's a lovely wine. Yeah. So they also do, uh, Catanera, they do, the best way to describe it is crew wines. So when the volcano erupts and there's some sort of lava flow, that changes the soil structure of mm-hmm. of what's growing there. Mm-hmm. And they've identified different soil structures. And Catanera has single soil structure wines that they do. I was hoping to get one. I wasn't able to. But yeah, that's, didn't you say that at the last podcast? Yeah, that's what I was really hoping to get. But I couldn't because couldn't find one yet. Around here. So that's they're okay. In Arkansas. <laughs> no, it, they're in Arkansas. They're just not in Little Rock. Oh. So it'd be really interesting to taste those because they probably have so much more of that, like, soil structure in the terroir. And mm-hmm. Because, you know, they were saying that 
you know, the vineyards get fresh ash every year. Okay. Because Etna is still erupting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it'd be really interesting to taste those wines, kind of see how they how they go and how they compare to just the, the regular Tupacuzale. Yeah. So if you're in a market that has those, give them a try and let us know. Yeah. Absolutely, Bushman. So how's the how's the octopus? It's good. And the uh seaweed, and the seaweed salad. And the seaweed adds a, another layer to it. And I was I was chomping while you were talking. I hope I didn't interrupt anything. <laughs> no, of but, course not. But uh I need to try it again with the wine because I think again this I think the seaweed and octopus is going to go really well with this wine. Well, take a drink. Okay, I will. Let us know how it is. So th- so this wine is refined in stainless steel for five months. And what did you say on yours? Four, four months? I think that's kind of an average. On the lees for four months. Oh, on the lees. This doesn't say anything about being on the lees. They won't. Red wines, they usually don't leave on the lees. It says destemming and maceration with skin contact. But that's all it says. For 20 to 25 days. Yeah, and so that's how Fermentation in stainless steel. Yeah, so that's how they're getting the color and the depth. So they do mm-hmm. pump, overs or pump overs or push downs, depending on how they feel like it. And, you know, the Rello Mascolet, so I, I really, I am digging the wines of Sicily. You know, I think probably out elsewhere in the United States and probably in the world, Sicilian wines have kind of been on the map. And been getting some recognitions, but they're just starting around here in Arkansas, and I'm very excited. So this wine, and actually one of the Lunagayas, is on the wine the by the glass list at uh, Capitol Hotel. Oh, so if you're in Little Rock and you want to try this wine, and you don't want to buy buy a bottle, you can run down to Capitol Hotel and see if they've got it in stock. I know, I know they may be switching over to the Lunagaya. Norella Mascalese over mm-hmm. the Rosale, just for sourcing issues. But it's really kind of really exciting that uh, that some of this wine is really starting to hit Little Rock and uh, and some of the wine lists are starting to change. So how was that uh, octopus and seaweed salad with the wine? They were just totally in harmony. Yeah, totally, totally in tell harmony. Tell me about it. Well, so... You know, the octopus itself doesn't have a whole lot of flavor, if you will. I mean, it's it's a chewy, sea, salty kind of flavor. And the seaweed has enough. I'm not sure what they flavor, what they add to the seaweed to get the different flavors. You know, it's, it's cooked. Seaweed is. It's cooked, but it's got some kind of sea salt and some other kind of uh, seasonings. And those seasonings with this wine, there's a little bit of, to me, this wine has a little bit of pepper note to it. Yeah, I get that. And I think that pepper note with the seaweed and the octopus go very well. Okay. So I'm not getting so the alluvial lava soil 
brings in some saltiness too. Okay. And so I think that saltiness added to the wine with the seaweed and the octopus because the octopus is a sea creature. Yep. does well. Okay. Now, I did not, like I said, this octopus is already cooked. And I looked at some videos about octopus and I wanted to find, you know, something to do for the octopus. And, you know, when they, they cook it, they've got, you know, they got this live octopus <laughs> mm-hmm. and they got the water. And the, I don't know if it's folklore or what, but you put a wine cork in with the octopus and the water. They say that's what helps so that the octopus won't get chewy. Okay. I don't get, I don't understand. I, I would think it occupies the octopus so they don't get out. Uh, well, I don't understand the mathematics or the chemistry of that, but there's got to be something. And um, I didn't, you know, I didn't cook it at all, but uh, I did add some olive oil to give it a little more flavor. Both our pairings, Josh, both our wines are fantastic. And I want to just say, listeners, you need to reach out and find some wine from Sicily. Give it a try and do whatever pairing you want to. I mean, if you want to just sit down and have, I think, either one of these wines with some pizza. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's like wood oven pizza, because that's a lot of how they do it in Italy. And then cheeses, I think you prove that, you know, cheeses will work. Oh, that reminds me. There was something I was going to taste. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was going to taste your wine. With the octopus. With the octopus. And I want to taste my wine with the cheese, the herby cheese. So while I do that, is there anything else you want to talk about? I really just want to say I'm very very happy with the wines today like i said sicilian wines are ones that i'm kind of starting to really dig on i think they are absolutely beautiful i think they are i think it's one of the next big places in wine for us so if you're in a market that doesn't have this start talking to your liquor store owners or your restaurant people and asking for these wines and don't be afraid just keep asking them because if I mean, in Arkansas, obviously, both of these wines are available. And if you want them, go ask for them. They'll, they should start bringing them in for you because you're the one going to buy them. You know, when it comes to both these wines, like we've talked about when it comes to pairing, seafood is going to go well. Seafood's probably going to be better with the white wine than the red wines, depending on kind of what's going on with the sauces and everything. But so another major grape that you may people may have actually heard of that comes from Sicily and is well known from Sicily that actually doesn't come from Sicily is Nero d'Avola, which is probably the other one that you were that you were gonna buy. Yeah. Nero d'Avola is a little is a little bit of a, a bolder wine. Bolder is not the right word, but it definitely plays to more like black fruits and darker fruit profiles. It's a little bit more familiar, I guess you could say, than either one of these two wines. So if you kind of want to dip your toe into Sicilian wines, grab you a Nero d'Avola. There are a lot of them. Just check to make sure that it's coming from Sicily. Yeah. 
And um, there, I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. If you're in a larger market, there's going to be some great Etna so wines I would out say, there. Available. I'd say you pick that, especially if you love a cab. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a more bold wine from mine. Yeah, if you like cabs in those sorts of things, Bordeaux's, right. I'd head toward the Nero Davila. But if you like Pinot Noirs or Nebbiolos or Sangioveses, hit this Barbazale. I think this Edna Rosa, the Norella uh, Moscolese, I think that's going to be right up kind of your alley. So uh, tell us, Dad, how did it go? Your wine and the, the octopus and the salad went better than my wine. Okay. And I think the reason was, remember me talking about the pepper that's perceived in my wine? Yeah. From from the... <laughs> from the alluvial lava soil. I don't get that with the white wine at all, or it's so so back there that it didn't, didn't come out. And so that went so much better to me with, with the octopus. Now, the seaweed salad... Has I think it's got some peppers or something in there when they when they cooked it that the seaweed salad didn't go as well with your wine as it did with mine. Right. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's really quite interesting. interesting. I mean, food and wines are so interesting how they're going to pair. Yep. You go. This wine's going to go better with the seafood, or this wine's going to go better with the steak. And then you can try the other one and find out, oh, if I didn't put pepper on it, the you know, <laughs> right. the white wine works better. Right. I'm having tuna tonight, and I'm trying to figure out which wine. <laughs> the red. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm how I know you do, how I, I know you usually cook your tuna. Well, yeah, the red will be just fine. I I think <clears throat> hopefully there'll be some of the bubbles all oh, left. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, so speaking of favorites, let's. Go ahead and head to best on plate. Oh goodness! Um, I'll start. Oh, what am I do? I think for me, my favorite thing on my plate was the spec. Okay. With the with the griot, it just had that. I don't know. It kind of changed a little bit, but also kind of just it just felt really, really great to eat and drink mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. What about for you? It's a tough decision. I love spec. But I'm going to go with the strawberry goat cheese. Okay. Because I tried it twice, remember? Uh, and it was it was because I was checking how it went. And I don't know if you noticed, I ate the speck, and then I tried the two cheeses again mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to, to double check. And, you know, that that strawberry goat cheese just went out with your wine. Um and I, I, I tried. I shouldn't say this, but I tried that goat cheese with my wine, and oh. it really goes well because my wine has that raspberry, that perceived fruit in the in the nose and the and the first taste of the palate, and that cheese goes really well. Mm-hmm. It went for best on plate for both of them. No, <laughs> <I> can <laughs> no. So, 
What'd you find best on my plate? The pasta dish. Yeah. Yeah, I figured you would. That brininess and the garlickiness just went really, really well. Kind of matched up in some places where the wine was didn't have some of those things mm-hmm. and just kind of enhanced it all together. What about you? I'm struggling again. Octopus is off the table. It's not best on plate. So now I'm down to two. And I wanted that. Remember the week that you had the, the ink pasta and yeah. I was just gorging myself with it? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was hoping this would be with this wine. Well, it's like a 8 out of 10 right. with this wine. But believe it or not, the artichoke wins out because there's enough with that breadcrumbs and that that recipe is amazing. Right. You know, most recipes just take the artichoke and you clean it up and then you just boil it in some water and you're done. And maybe you got a sauce that you put the leaves in. But this, because of the, you know, the breadcrumbs and the garlic and the cheese just makes almost a full meal just with the artichoke. And so that's my best on plate. Okay. All right. Cool. We doing a blind? I believe so. Okay. Let me get it poured up. All right, so Dad has a red wine for me. Surprise, surprise. He must be wanting to drink some red wine later. All right, so this wine is very deep color purple. It is definitely staining. Is it darker, Mark? Yes, it is. Yeah. Very much. (laughs) Uh, It is also staining the glass, which tells me it is a thicker skin grape that has had some great time in maceration. Let's give it a smell. Ooh. It's really rich. It smells purple. You got some like floral, some deep floral notes, but with some definite like blackberry and cassis kind of smells to it. Bottom notes. Oh, man. Yeah, and those fruits are definitely more very ripe or almost even cooked. There's a little bit of earthiness in there, a little bit of like, a little bit of like dusty road, a little bit of barniness. A little bit of uh, definitely some vanilla, so definitely good barrel usage here. Got some tannins to it, man. <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't tasted it yet. You hadn't? Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, it's got some tannins. It's very, <laughs> not a whole lot. <laughs> not like Nebbiolo level, but. Medium plus. There are definitely tannins up there. The acidity is pretty good. It's, you know, making my mouth water real nice. A little bit more rounded in the flavors. But still getting a lot of things we talked about. That blackberry, that cassis. Really floral. It's big. It's in your face. So like I said, there's a good bit of tartness there, though. There's still some some tartness on it. So I'd say like the fruits are definitely ripe to overripe. They're not cooked or jammed or anything like that. So would you say it's jammy or not jammy? No, I would not call this wine jammy. Okay. I would call this wine fruity. So what is jammy? Jammy is like you ate a spoonful of jam. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of acidity. There's not a whole lot of tart characteristics in there. It's really just fruit, like fruit pie. Like, honestly, like you just ate jam, which doesn't have that Mm -hmm. tartness to it. 
this still has some tartness in the fruit characteristic, oh, which is God, why I said ripe or overripe. Oh, man. Try some of that herby cheese with it. <laughs> I can't throw off my palate. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> I am trying to, mm. I'm trying to figure this wine out. But because of some of those fruit characteristics and everything, I think it's New World. There's a lot of barrel usage on this as well. Definitely new oak. Alcohol is not too high. Probably 13, 14 range, maybe. Um, on that. So I think it's New World. I think countries were looking, you know, America, Chile, Argentina kind of area. Possible grapes here. I don't think we're looking at Zinfandel. I think we may be looking at Malbec or maybe a little bit greener cabs. Um, maybe greener cabs? Yeah, which means they're picked a little bit younger, not as full ripe. Okay. Not as full and ripe as you can get. Maybe some Merlot here because you talked about a lot of depth. Um, so I think Oh, that spec is good. North America <laughs> South North America and South America is where we're looking here. I just ate the last uh, piece. What'd you say? North America and what? North America. I think it's South North America? and North and South America is where oh, we're kind of looking. North here. and South. Okay. You said Argentina, not Antarctica, right? Well, that would. <laughs> yes, it is. I think with the staining of this grape, the fruit that's coming through with the oak and the light usage, I think we're looking into Argentina, Malbec, probably Mendoza, and 2023, 2020. So Argentinian Malbec. Now, listeners, we've got something to talk about. So there's a lot going on here with us at Acquired Tastings. You know, we took that break while Dad was in Italy. One of the reasons is because I was extremely busy, and one of the reasons I was busy is not because, well, I was busy with my current job, but also I'm actually packing up to move. I'm actually moving up to a new job in Montana at a bar called The Hawthorne. So we're going to take a step back and take a little bit of a break. I've got to move. Dad's got a surgery coming up that uh, what and we and with me moving we're all gonna have to kind of figure out how we're gonna do a new format with the podcast so our next week is going to be a beer week we are going to be doing scottish ales and uh i know i'm gonna be doing at least as of right now uh, i'm gonna be doing the molens kilt lifter uh, unless i get up to montana and find a great scotch ale that i would just do locally but Dad, do you know what you're going to do yet? If not, no big deal. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. Well, so uh, for us here at Acquired Tastings, like we said, there's a lot going on, a lot to be excited about, but uh, we may take a little bit of a break and come back to you guys after a while, but it will be a wonderful beer week, and I'll and we'll be doing Scotch Ales. So, so you're doing the Kilt Lifter? Yeah. I, hmm. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to decide right now. You know, you blinded me on that Bellhaven, and that, that was really good. I, you know, I just might end up doing that one, Josh. Okay, it was a, you know, it was a good one. Yeah. So remember, we're out there on the socials, everybody. Uh, we really appreciate you being along with us for this journey, and we look forward to our new format and for you to continue to be along with us wonderful last or uh, maybe last for now in person 
podcast at? In person, yeah. Yeah. I think it, I'll be here and you'll be in Montana. <laughs> yeah, but we can uh, we'll still figure it out. But so for so us this was really a good yeah. line week. I just want to say, and I said it once before, and you said it too. If you can listeners, if you can find a Sicilian wine, even if you can't find the ones we just did, go try it. The price point on mine was twenty one ninety nine, and I bought it at at Wine Week, Wine Day, so that was twenty percent off. So that made it down about you know eighteen ninety nine. And what was yours? I it's gonna be about twenty to twenty five. So same thing. Yeah. So you can't go wrong if you can. Oh, and the other one that I was the one that Josh talked about. The other one. That is is more uh, robust is seventeen ninety nine. So listeners, you can't go wrong about twenty bucks. <laughs> yep, or even you know, <laughs> you know, 30, and it, 30. yeah, and even you know, talk to your wine guy, see what they got, get a recommendation from them. Go ahead and try it, and you, and get you some pasta, get you some pizza, do you know, do something that you like, and I think you'll be happy. Yes, definitely will. And so uh, get out there and have some great wine. And for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, this is Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.